Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 12th episode, this is going to be a great one, straight out of Elk Grove, California. He's the founder of Nerd Monthly for all you Magic the Gathering fans and a living legend in the sales community, an SDR manager for Cellex, the head of trading for Trainio, head of sales and strategic advisor for the Outbound Sales Guy, and now the CEO and founder of Pause, a company designed to make the lives of salespeople much easier. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's going to change the world of sales as we know it, Matthew Provins. How's it going, Matt? Fantastic. That was an absolutely amazing intro, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be on here. All right, all right. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, Matt, one thing I like to do, even after giving my introduction, is like allow my guests to introduce themselves in a way. So, Matt, for the people who don't know, please indulge us. Who and what exactly are you? Um, well, uh, my name is Matthew, CEO of uh, Pause, uh, auto-dialing solution that's looking to change the world of cold calling uh, in the sales and software community. Uh, you know, started uh, humble beginnings as a sales development representative. I made my way up to management um, director level, uh, and then decided I wanted to do my own thing. So I ended up uh, launching Pause, um, and uh, here we are. We have uh, some awesome uh, customers using the platform. I'm getting a lot of validation on our product uh, in a in a new place, new market. Um, we're get, actually getting ready right now to uh, onboard a new dev team to kind of build out a Pause 2.0, if you will. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, some awesome updates to the platform uh, by end of year. Um, lot of movement wow it sounds really really cool so you know matt i i know of course that um i saw an interview and uh your interview with forbes and i know you suffer from something i'm not going to bother pronouncing it because i still can't um i'm just gonna call it amc so for people who don't know could you explain to us how amc has affected you in your life yeah, AMC, or uh, otherwise known as arthrogryposis multiplex congenita. You try saying that five times really fast. It took me a long time in my own life to be able to do that. <laughs> uh, but really, it's a, it's a physical, uh, extremely rare physical disability. You know, I wasn't really supposed to be able to walk, talk, feed myself. You know, I can do all those. Probably don't walk enough, and I definitely feed myself too much. Um, but, you know, it's a, the, the best way to compare it is kind of similar to cerebral palsy, uh, if you know what that is. Um, it affects my muscles, ligaments, tendons, um, and uh, my overall fatigue levels, um, getting work done. But um, I, I do my best to not have that stop me as an entrepreneur from getting done what I, what I need, want and need to get done on a day-to-day basis. Um, kind of one of my biggest goals as a physically disabled person in the SaaS space is to bring in other people like me and show that this is a community built for people like that, for people built like us, um, even though the world was not built um, to support us. Wow, that is an amazing story, Matt, and it really, yeah, no, disabilities, I know, are not fun, but what you've been able to do despite that is definitely huge, but I I am curious, Matt, you know, what do you consider to be the most 
overlooked aspect of the disabled community and what can people learn from it? I think one of the biggest things right now, um, I'll backtrack a little bit on this, is a lot of companies right now say they're hiring for diversity. They want people from different backgrounds, but that's really most of the time for what I've seen a marketing play. And a lot of people are brought in as, you know, that token disabled person. Um, right. But when you, when you take a look at people from different backgrounds and not just people with disabilities, um, oftentimes people from marginalized communities have had to overcome a lot of challenges that other people don't. Um, and so when we're trying to break into a job, uh, we bring in a lot of other ideas um, and a lot of ability to you know, improvise, adapt, overcome um, that other people may not have experienced in their lives. Um, and so we can really take on challenges rather than just trying to work around them. Um, I think from my experience, that's the greatest thing I see from my, my community, people with disabilities. Uh, we've had to learn our entire lives how to do things that an able-bodied person can do without even thinking. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's def- definitely just feels so hypocritical, doesn't it? When they try to like say, "Hey, we're down for everybody, whether you're disabled or not." Like even just putting down, I've as someone who's done, I've written down plenty of job applications. Just seeing like if you have a dis- disability or not, it just kind of feels like a trap, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, often does. Um, I've I've been in an interview before. Um, and I, this was one of the things I spoke about, I think maybe on the first podcast I ever went on, it seems like eons ago, uh, where I had a director of sales tell me, Hey, we really want to hire you. So like you fit with the company culture. Um, but don't mention your disability to the VP of sales. Um, and so I ended, I ended the interview process right there. And I was like, well, that's not something you say to a disabled person and you can't accept me for who I am or anybody else for who they are. I don't want to work here. Um, you can, you can go ahead and, uh, run away. <laughs> um, so honestly, it ended up not working with them. Um, that's but, insane. Yeah. And that's something that I've faced, uh, not maybe exactly like that, but faced very similar things on uh, many different interviews. And so that's, I know, something that not only I face, but many others do as well. That is insane. Please do not um, talk about your disability to the VP. Like, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's moments like that where you're just like, oh man, what am I? What would I be getting into if I don't get out of here? Like it's just really, yeah. No, so I'm 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 glad you said no to that because that was just nah. That, don't stop trying to make your job applicants uncomfortable, people. Like we're not going to take the job. Yeah, and uh, for me specifically, and for a lot of people like me, our disability is part of like who we are, part of our pride for what we're doing in our lives. Um, and um, for me. Being disabled, that's part of my identity, right? And so when somebody tries to strip away that identity, that strips away a part of who I am as a human being. Um, I'm, you know, that, that I'm no longer enabled to be the best I possibly can in any role. Um, so that's why I want to wanted to kind of create that environment in my own company. Um, be who you are. I wanted to bring in the, the not just the, you know, the weirdest group of people possible, but the most diverse group of people possible, um, a true medley um, uh, a group of people you never thought would have built a company together, and that was that was kind of my goal for starting Pause. Um, and we're ready to kick some butt. Yes, you are, Matt. Yes, you are. So, you know, as now that we're talking about this, as someone, because I know you've done a lot of leadership positions while um, working sales. So, as someone who's been in those positions, how have besides you know the whole VP thing? 
how have people like under you like reacted to this? Have you ever been in a position where maybe people, um, some people like looked down on you or tried to undermine you? And if so, how did you fight back? Yeah, I mean, there was some patronizing going on. Um, overall, um, you know, I, I'm not really a lecturer or anything like that. I, I, I'm somebody that tries to be as best coach as possible. Um, even as a CEO, I'm obviously as a founder working on my knees, um, making those cold calls, sending out emails, uh, prospecting on LinkedIn. Um, and so I think the best thing I could do for those who are ignorant or, was to lead by example. Because um, sadly, even some of those ignorant people were really good at their jobs. Um, and so my goal is to show that, hey, I don't really care what you think about me as your leader, but you're still getting the job done. Um, I, you're still here under my leadership. Um, so let, let's let's set out to do what we're here to do. Um, I never really had anything blatantly ableist happen from an employee. I've been lucky enough where I've had many amazing people that I've worked with. Um, but, you know, there, there's been some side eyes and stuff like that. Um, not, nothing that was ever a big deal. Um, so I think, uh, the, in short, um, just lead by example. Uh, that's the best thing you can do in a situation like that. Now, if somebody's being blatant, obviously, you know, HR will, will get involved. And, uh, likely, that person will end up being my go. Um, but that's that's a last resort for me. Wow. So some people gave you side eyes. But I guess, yeah, and that is kind of to be expected. Some people are always going to be, I guess they're just jealous of you, you know. They, you're out there in a position they're not in. It's But you, like you said, they're leading, you're leading by example. So you're showing them why you're on that spot and why they're all there to like do what, just what they came to do or to get sales or to make makes sense lead by example people now i'm just uh so now we're talking about this you know trying to lead and try to um build as much traction as possible as a salesman you understand the vitality in getting a customer or a client hooked so what are some signature words or ways that you like to use to attract people to uh, your services? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that I'm utilizing right now is the aspect of social selling through LinkedIn, where I'm writing posts, creating education around how a dialer functions, how it can really help you. And the biggest language for us is, right, our parallel dialer. Um, you can call five people at once. I'm sure we may have more questions about that in the future, but, um, right, I mean, you're able to, Know, say if you're making 100 calls in 60 minutes, um, now we're going to enable you to do that in 15 minutes, right? Um, and, you know, the, the biggest portion around that, uh, there's a lot of misinformation going around right now about how a dollar functions. Uh, and I've always, I've always been, you know, big into stats, other math, not so much, but stats definitely. And one of the biggest things I've been seeing people push, push mis- misinformation on, sadly other sales leaders who um, lead dialing platforms, is that it increases your connect rate. No, it increases the speed to connect rate, right? Dialing more people with the same data will not increase the percentage of people that pick up the phone, but it will increase um, the rate to which you can get people on the phone, right? Um, And so just kind of creating education around exactly what we're doing um, and phrasing it in such a way uh, where we're less um, trying to push people to use a dialer and more trying to push people um, to use cold calling um, to uh, the, the, be- the best of their ability to really optimize their own processes. Um, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see salespeople uh, making, if you want to get to specific words here, 
is asking me um, if I'm using something instead of asking me how I'm using something, right? Because first off, if you're asking me if I'm using something, all right, my answer is going to be yes or no, right? That's going to be an absolute answer. All right, however, if you're asking me how I'm using something, then one, I will tell you if I'm using that or not, and two, right, I may have some more questions for you, or if I am using that strategy that you're asking me about, I could tell, maybe tell you how I'm using it, and now you can figure out some pain points to continue selling me on your own product or service with. Um, that is, that's probably the biggest thing I've been seeing right now, even uh, VPs of sales um, are using that language, I had something this morning, um, do that actually, um, and so, um, Right. Be ask open-ended questions. Um, don't don't ask questions that will end in the yes or no. I see. I see. So it's funny we're talking about you um, being an educator, and also on LinkedIn. For those of you who don't have it, LinkedIn is a wonderful, wonderful platform. I'm I'm on it pretty much every day. So Matt, how often are you on LinkedIn? Um. I'm not supposed to. I don't have to answer that question. It's probably too much. <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna overlook that one. Um, but um, yeah, it's for for me. It's it can be kind of addicting. Let's just let's just let's just say oh, that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely addicting. But um, yeah, it's funny you talked about education too, because I know that transitioned really well through um, your job as head of training with uh, Trainio. And what's something that's always kind of like surprised you about um, teaching um, and like training new new salespeople? What's something that's really like kind of just caught you off guard and you would still kind of like to think about? Um, I'll answer this question in a positive manner. I think that the biggest thing that catches me off guard um, is the persistence and the excitedness that these people have to learn sales, right? Because we think about it, the average person, they're like, learning sales, that sounds extraordinarily boring. But all the students that I've worked with, or I can't say all, but the majority of the students that I've worked with always been super excited um, and we're always asking questions and we're persistent in getting um, the, the, the knowledge they needed to truly succeed breaking into the software sales world. Um, that, that is always a thing that took me aback. Uh, most of the time, you know, my first... Uh, my first mindset going into it when I first started teaching at a boot camp over a year ago now um, was these people are in it just for the money. Which, right, I'm always looking for money motivation when I'm hiring a salesperson, but I'm also looking for intrinsic motivations, right? What is what is pushing you? Whether that's, you know, family, your own future goals. But what is the thing that's pushing you to try to accomplish your dreams? Um, and the thing that's taking me aback is uh, the amount of people that really have their why put in place um, and know what they want to accomplish. Not a lot of people do. Um, even, you know, when they hit 70, 80, um, some people will look back and be like, wow, um, I, I wish I had done something different, right? A lot of these people are, you know, looking at this education opportunity as a way to accomplish their dreams and accomplish their goals. Even if right now they're becoming a salesperson, their their future sites are set on becoming a CEO, they know that this is a really good path to learn how to run a company, to learn how to generate revenue. Um, and it's always amazing to see um, that side of things. Wow, that honestly sounds just so wholesome, just that optimism and persistence because, yeah, you do need you need optimism and you do need like that sort of perseverance to be able to um, do what you do. And I know because I've um, had a little bit of a 
experiencing that myself. And but hey, you know, if these people are working towards you know they their dreams and they're still like coming in there just ready to learn, then that's that's got to make the job just that much better, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, honestly, it makes it more enjoyable when you have a student open to receiving feedback, um, receiving coaching, um, and willing to do what it takes to get to the level that they want to be at. It's just amazing. So, you know, as we um, continue to talk about like what makes good salespeople, I also read something on Forbes about one of the things that tells someone that they should be in sales, and that's that they feel constrained or held back by the traditional corporate and institutional rules, processes, and time frames. Uh, in your experience prior to creating Pause, when did this uh, resonate the most with you, you think? Um, probably, you know, my background's in politics. Um, and that that's honestly probably what brought me into the, the startup world, why I wanted to work with startups. There was such a huge constraint on the things I could, could not say the time I had to work um, and exactly the things I needed to do. There was very little creativity in my work. Um, and so when I found out about SAS, I was like, okay, this could be something that challenges me. Um, and uh, for those who don't know SAS, just in software as a service, uh, things like Google um, could even be considered SAS. Um, and, you know, the, my ability to put my creativity in my past experience making cold calls, training people, even as an entry-level sales rep, I mean, that's exactly what I did. Was hired as a first salesperson at a at a software company and um, brought them two million ARR my first eight months. I was like, I absolutely love doing this. Um, I'm helping all these people grow, um, achieve their dreams and goals. Um, even as a sales rep, um, help them fix their problems, right? Um, and then you know, promoted management. And, you know, uh, the rest is history. That's that's probably um, one of the biggest things that resonates me with me uh, with that Forbes quote. Working in politics, uh, the constraints. Wow. So I, I guess you could say that it's honestly kind of a good thing you found um, a job amongst um, politics, so that you know exactly what you don't want to do uh, for your life. <laughs> exactly. It's just like okay, now I know what I don't want to do, but here's something that just might work for me. So, but yeah, imagine just the even even after you've talked about it, I'm just keep I just can't but think about just the stark differences between, you know, politics and sales, because politics, you, of course, they're leaning towards like, like one, like crucial, like image or message coming forth. And with sales, you're, you're able to be more creative and take a different approach to things while still trying to, while both are trying to do the same thing, bring people to them. And it just, it's honestly just kind of crazy, isn't it? Just, it feels like, it must feel like you just entered like two different worlds. Yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree. That's exactly what it felt like. Um, and you know, I was able to bring in a lot of my experience, uh, from cold calling and, um, teaching people how to cold call or write emails using, um, technology to help you accomplish those goals. I was able to translate a lot of that over into the software sales world, but also learn quite a bit more. Um, especially when it come, came to the business development side. And that's what kind of, really re-enabled my passion for entrepreneurship. Uh, the, the learning from the true top 1% of people in the industry, the best salespeople out there are making you know, easily six figures, um, some people even making seven um, at times that I was learning from. Um, 
uh, really enabled me to kind of ignite the spark of that led me down this path. Hmm. All right, sounds good. That sounds good, Matt. So, you know, there's another thing I learned from uh, doing some research on salespeople, and that's uh, from this uh, website called braintracy.com. And in it, they said one of the defining traits of a successful salesperson is their commitment to lifelong learning. So, Matt, in your experience, what's something you're still trying to learn or maybe want to learn even after all this time you know, being in sales? Um, honestly, um, when it comes to the business development side, um, I think I'm always trying to learn um, how to how to do cold calls best. Uh, that's 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 what initially ignited my passion for um, speaking to people, um, and so I'm always looking for ways, always doing my best to learn the new strategies, um, the new trends when it comes to cold calling. Um, one of the, one of the funny things about those trends, maybe some advice for people that are listening to this, is, right, look for a trend before it happens, right, if you're if you're working in the sales world. Because once that trend becomes a trend, right, then it's probably saturated, overused, and less likely to work. And so you got you to gotta be constantly on the hunt, whether that's using LinkedIn um, or, um, you know, other social media platforms. There's, you know, a lot of salespeople that are going to TikTok now making videos about being in software sales. Um, and just trying to stay ahead of the curve because um, sales is a constantly changing, constantly evolving beast. Um, and so you, in order to be in the top 1%, you have to constantly be learning, constantly be involving yourself. Um, and that, that might require reaching out to people um, with, within that community. What we really need to do is stay ahead of the curve uh, because once a trend becomes a trend, right? Like I said previously, it's, it becomes oversaturated, overused. Um, and so reach out to um, the, the top salespeople um, in the software world, if, if that's what you're looking to do in your career. Um, learn from them, because plenty of them are willing to hop on calls with you. Hell, you find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'd, I'd be more than happy to sit down and have a meeting with you if you're listening to this podcast. Um, I, I very much enjoy taking time out of my day when I'm able to help others. Um, yeah, uh, reach out to people. There's plenty that are willing to help. Yes, see, people, networking can be a great thing, and LinkedIn is one of the best places to do it, and we give a lot of praise to it. But you know, it's just always important to reach out and just talk to somebody and just tell them, like, "Hey, I've been following you. I really want to um, take some time to discuss, um, you know, your career and how you managed to do it." Because it's honestly can be so rewarding, can it, Matt? Yeah. Um- it's an awesome feeling, especially right now with all the layoffs going on. I've offered my help um, uh, to people who are looking to get jobs, and so kind of coaching them through what interview processes may look like, um, and kind of redoing their their own processes for getting a job. Um, I guess you know one of the best pieces of advice I can get give to anybody who's listening to this is stop just putting your resume in. Right? There's hundreds of people usually know, usually applying to a role. What you got to do is you need to you need to stand out, right? You think that putting in a resume is enough, but it's really not. Uh, what companies are looking for is um, that that one out of that one hundred, right? Somebody that reaches out to the decision maker for that department for that role. Um, somebody who sends a video of themselves explaining why they want that role. Um, then you can you can be the top one percent. You're guaranteed that interview, um, and most likely you get a job. Um, I mean that's how I got the job as head of training at Trainio, right? And I already started becoming somebody in the 
the software sales education space, um, I reached out to both of the founders, got two separate interviews with them. Um, I feel like I closed them almost right away. Uh, I told them what differentiated me from any candidate without knowing who their other candidates were. And two days later, I was offered the role. Um, so you, you got to do everything you can to make yourself stand out. Do everything you can to make yourself stand out. Remember that, people. All right. So I think it's time we move on to you and Pause. So you founded and are now the leader, CEO, specifically of Pause, designed to help sales reps in their job of sales repping. So I just want yeah. to give it a brief because I want to give you a chance to really explain it best for us. So, Matt, what is Pause and how is this going to change? the world of sales as we know it. Yeah, so pause, um, in simple terms, is an auto-dialer. Uh, for the people who aren't in sales or people who maybe don't know what an auto-dialer is, an auto-dialer enables you to call um, your potential clients faster. Um, and there, There's two different typical types of dialers out there. Uh, one is a power dialer and the other is a parallel dialer. A power dialer is still calling one person at a time, but your system is usually, you know, collecting your data throughout the call. Whether it's the call recording, any notes you're taking, uh, maybe booking the meeting in that call, the system is usually recording all that information for you. Um, so the time it takes um, to do those calls, even though it's still a lot of time, can be drastically reduced. Our parallel dialer, on the other hand, um, is not exactly for the same fire. Um, it's for those people that um, are pounding out multiple dials at the same time. That's what it does. It enables you to call multiple phone numbers at once. Our platform specifically calls five at once. The reason why we chose five um, is because we did a lot of testing. Um, I'm going to get a little scientific here. Uh, Jonathan, do you know what the Goldilocks zone is? The golden what now? The Goldilocks zone. What? What's the Goldilocks zone? Yeah, so in astronomy, um, the Goldilocks zone is the zone in a solar system where a planet can have life. Right, um, so it's not too close to a star, but not too far out into space. Right, that's where the Earth is. Um, that's how plant. That's how life came here. Um, and so that's what we call those five dials at the same time with our dialer. We call that what's in the Goldilocks zone. It's not too many at once because, right, you don't want multiple people picking up the phone because um, that can cause potential lost deals. Right, but you also want it to be calling enough people at once where it truly does save you time. Right, and enable you to book more meetings. Um, and so that's you know that's why we chose that number after uh, honestly almost two I'd say about a about a year of testing. Um, that's how we came to that number. Wow. Uh, and that's that's what the that's what a dialer does. Uh, I think the biggest thing that differentiates us from our competitors um, is we have something called zero call latency. So I'll explain that. Um, a really annoying thing for a sales rep when we're calling you know other sales people sales leaders. Um, is when a phone gets picked up and all you hear is, hello, hello, who is this? Right? That, that's a call lag, right? Um, and we, we've built our platform to have zero call lag. Um, and so that enables you to have less dropped off calls um, and more overall conversations compared to um, other dialers that exist in the space. Um, and I've also just released an entrepreneur package, uh, which is actually at a, <laughs> uh, this doesn't sound crazy, but at a 75% discounted rate for fellow solopreneurs, entrepreneurs at small companies to give them an opportunity to use a dialer um, and use me uh, 30 minutes a month to help them optimize their sales processes. Because I, I, I mean, you know, my passion is to help other people grow their, their business, um, grow their dreams and goals. Um, and so that's, 
it's kind of what we're working on right now. We're I, I, before we started recording this. I know I told you um, we were in the process of getting ready to have um, a technical co-founder brought onto the company. I may end up bringing on an entire team, which would be awesome. Um, but we're we're getting ready to build basically a pause 2.0. Um, the reason we're called pause is uh, because it gives time back. Um, or it gives you time to lay back um, and do the other things that you want to do in your life. Um, and so uh, we're, we're getting ready to build Pause 2.0. Um, it's very exciting. Getting ready to make it enterprise grade um, and start enabling larger companies to use our platform. After we've gotten some validation, a bunch of clients using it right now. Um, so we're getting ready by end of year to um, kind of have a relaunch of our newest platform. I'm pretty excited for uh, that happening. That is incredible, frankly. It's and you sound. It sounds like you just put like just so much thought and so much planning into pause right now, and to see it being fleshed out like this, I know it's. It can almost bring a tear to the eye, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you were you were here before pause was even an actually usable platform. You were you and I were talking about it when it was just an idea in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, and yeah, I remember. Um, this actually goes into my next um, few questions, but I just want to just. Stop thinking about it. For those of you who don't know, yes, I was there when uh, Matt was working on uh, Pause, and I was helping him with the uh, pre-signups, you know, to, in order to help build uh, traction and help get uh, Pause on the on the right track and get up on his feet. And yeah. I remember when it was taking a while for us to, um, or specifically to get all the pre-signups that you um, you needed. And I remember like like messaging so many people um trying to get them to sign up to pause but it's really just kind of obstacles like that and time being stretched out like that that i know it leads to you know victories even the small victories are impactful so matt through this journey so far with pause how have the obstacles you faced how do you think they've made pause stronger yeah i mean well first off we're a fully bootstrapped company so i'm fully self-funded right now um and that's probably one of the biggest things to overcome um, is creating validation for a product that has no big person's name behind it, um, right? Um, getting it into the hands of the people who are probably going to give you the best feedback possible might be one of the hardest things I've ever done. Because, right, I've, I've given pause out for free, um, but a lot of people give me nothing back. Um, and so trying to find the people who are willing to kind of build this out with us, people who are also passionate about uh, my dream, and the people's dreams that are working with me to make pause um, a reality, right? Um, uh, I guess, in short, um, finding the right people to involved um, in the project, uh, like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, but you, you, you gotta just truly like appreciate the sort of just community that will come together for you once, once, once you've, you know gotten everything that you need to get done for pause and now that you're fully funded now that people are backing you on this you, a lot of people came together for this and you were able to bring them all bring them all to understand like yes pause can really help benefit so many so many um, sales development representatives so many sales managers and just really just be that sort of a sort of unifying force and how did you how did you know like f- fully in your heart that this is going to be your mission? Um, I mean, it, it comes from you know I, I've been using dollars for a long time. You know, there are policies passed um, 
um, uh, just over five years ago that changed the entire dialing industry, made some of the giants of the dialing industry go start doing other things. Um, and then these new companies started popping up. Um, and so the market was less saturated with dialers. Uh, and a lot of these new companies started popping up. And as there's more gov- government oversight into the software world, um, you know, compliance is going to be a huge thing. And I realized building a dialer in a market that's currently worth two and a half billion dollars, expected to reach five billion dollars by 2025, uh, um, that, you know, with my competitors not being compliant, and me having that as top of mind, we're, we're going to be able to take a lot of that market share. Um, now we'll be able to take two and a half billion. It's doubtful. That'd be awesome. But um, I obviously want to take as much as I can um, to support people um, and help help their businesses grow. Um, and a dialer, honestly, was one of the most simple things that we could build, um, but it's also one of the greatest time savers that can be built. Um, and so simple um, but effective was kind of my route and the way I wanted to go about it. Obviously, as we grow, um, as we bring in more clients, more customers, more people working with us, um, we're gonna, there's going to be newer and bigger and better things on the platform that may go beyond just being a dialer. Um, and I'm not going to get into that yet. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, we'll talk again in the future, but uh, it's, it's, it's definitely an exciting space to be at this time. Now, in your earlier years, I know you were the founder of Nerd Monthly, which was able to bring the Magic the Gathering community together. And so Magic Gathering, if you all don't know, is a card game. It's a really popular one. And now you're the CEO and founder of uh, Pause, which is bringing the sales community together. So you're obviously a community builder. So I just got to know, like, what is community to you? Like, How important is that to you? Um, for me, community is kind of, I think, what builds us up. Whether that, you know, your family is part of that community, your friends, uh, your colleagues, uh, maybe even your bosses. Um, that communities uh, shouldn't be the people that you're able to lean on um, to learn and grow. Um, and to me, that's exactly what my community has done. It's enabled me to get to the place where I am today, um, where I, I feel like I am successful. Every person has the, a different definition of being successful, um, and your community should support you in that vision. Uh, to me, that's what a community is. Yeah, honestly... For me, community is is everything. Community, when you're able to look in like a look behind you and a like a hundred people, even just ten people, when those people like have your back, it really just sort of just lifts you up and lets you understand that whatever's happening, you know, you're not alone, and you have folks who can support whatever cause or whatever actions you want to take, and that just help makes just makes help just helps makes yeah just helps make life a lot better and a lot more fulfilling. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, completely agree. Um, having people who support who you are um, is kind of what allows you to leave a legacy. Yeah, definitely, 100%. So let's step away from um, pause and everything else because there's one more community that I know we've uh, got to discuss. So you were... A par- you were um, uh, you introduced me to this uh, coin called uh, Labyrinth, and with that brought a whole new community of itself on Discord. Um, I forget, are you still with them? Oh, no. So, funny enough, um, Zuckerberg, the, in the metaverse, they, they decided to no longer allow other cryptocurrencies within that. So, Labyrinth coin ended up uh, kind of getting shut down, but it was, it was exciting at the time. Um, 
uh, working within that crypto world. Um, you know, maybe one day I'll get back into it. It's, it's not a not a mission for me right now. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, you've got you got other things right now. But you know, while you were with uh, Labyrinth Coin, it's what's something about the uh, crypto community that you don't think people um, really know about? What's something you can you can tell us about the crypto community? Um, well, I think it's one of the greatest and most progressive community of thought leaders um, that do more than just what they say. They they they, they walk the walk. Um, right. I think those people oftentimes are the ones who are now creating the greatest innovations. Um, just, uh, it was yesterday I was interviewing somebody for, um, the technical co-founder role, um, at pause. And, um, one of the last things that him and his uh, company just built out, uh, was a crypto platform. Um, and, He's built all, all other apps that, you know, I, I recognize the name of. I was like, okay, a lot of these people involved in crypto now are the next generation of the greatest tech leaders we're ever going to see. Um, so that that's uh, my thoughts on your question. Wow. Yes. Innovation. Innovation in the crypto community. And it's just, it's so funny how <laughs> cryptocurrency, and just like crypto itself, has had such an, just such an interesting interesting timeline because i remember when everybody was chatting like oh my gosh we have bitcoin right now bitcoin is a new thing and then came ethereum and then you know dogecoin a bunch and more more coins than ever to count and eventually everybody jumped in on that and now we have all these different like just crypto like i said crypto communities that have people just thinking of new ways to like impact the the digital world and Matt I don't think what do you what do you think like just in your humble opinion what do you think is next what do you think could happen next in the uh in the crypto world what do you what do you heck what are you hoping to see in the crypto world well I think there's going to be a lot more involvement with virtual and augmented reality um, when it comes to the crypto world, I, I would like to see more normalized use of that for buying everyday things. Um, and I know there's a lot of innovators out there trying to build stuff like that and um, successfully launching those applications. Uh, that's, that's what I see next, um, the more normalized use of it. Because a lot of people are scared, like, it's not real money. Um, but I think once the education for the crypto world uh, becomes I think more simple, once people start realizing, hey, I don't need to be a genius <laughs> to be involved in this, right? Oh, okay, crypto is actually fairly simple. Um, then I think we're going to start seeing more normalized use of it from from everyday people, um, not just the technically oriented. Yes, yes, indeed, man. So, hey, Matt, would you, uh, if you could create your own, this is a random question, but if you could create your own crypto, uh, what what would you call it? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe pause coin. Build it. Build it. Or my dial it. Pause coin. There you go. So, uh, oh Dallas. Now it's got its own crypto. That's pretty much doubling, doubling the uh, income with with more people uh, signing up for that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I call it. I don't know what it would do, but there, there's a name. 
It would it would do something. It would do something, and that's that's what's important. It would do something. You know, like the the old uh, telephones where you put the the quarters in and it calls. Uh, you do that. Uh, you know, make a virtual payphone where you slot the crypto in to start making dials. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Ah, oh, boy. It's funny you said that. It just it suddenly got me thinking of like payphones and telephone boxes and everything. Think like now we have smartphones. Uh, yeah. Technology truly is an incredible thing. Uh, so, Matt, as we start to wrap up this uh, conversation, I gotta know: is there what are some things you want to you want to say to the um, members of the disabled community who are trying to work their way up, just like you've worked your way up? Um, track everything you do. Um, you want to make your way up. You have to show exactly what you've done right, what you've done wrong, um, and how you've done those things. Um, if you have your numbers um, to back you on what you're saying, that you know gr- drastically increases your credibility um, and shows fellow leaders that you're serious. Um, that 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 advice I got from somebody named another Matthew, you know, Matthew Binder, uh, d- develop your playbook, develop what you do on a day to day basis, um, and use that to grow. Well, that's exactly what I started doing, and because of his advice, I grew very quickly. Um, and he's he's been a huge part of my journey too. So find Matthew Binder on LinkedIn and follow connect with him as well. He said he says funny things. I promise. I'm I'm bet he does. I bet he does. I I'm gonna look for on LinkedIn. Shout out to Matthew Binder. He's I'm listening right now. And okay, and now I'm just curious about one more question. So. When looking at your legacy, uh, Matt, what is something you want people to remember the most about you? Um, that I paved the way for more disabled people to be in back. Um, that's, that's my ultimate goal. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. All right, folks. You have heard it, from your, you heard it for yourselves from a man in the sales community and a leader in the disabled community. So... That is it for this episode of the upcoming. I want to give another big thank you to our guest for today, Mr. Matthew Province. Thank you. It was awesome being on. Uh, can't wait to talk to you in the future. Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait to talk to you too, man. So, you know, you've heard it from Matt, and the sales community, let's just say, is underrated. I've seen it myself. It's an amazing community of people, and a lot of hard workers and a lot of really innovative thinkers. So, you know what? We big shout out to everyone in in sales right now. Big shout out to them. So, that is it for this episode of the upcoming and t- be sure to tune in next week for episode 13. Uh, we're on Spotify. Our episodes published on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, we'll see you next week and good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, please sure to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody.